that talk is about to begin Hey, 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 come on in Welcome back to Buckeye Talk. I'm Nathan Baird, joined by Stephen Means. We're both of Cleveland.com, and we're here to talk recruiting. It's a Tuesday on the pod. A lot of NFL draft stuff coming up later this week, obviously because the NFL draft is coming up later this week. But this is a conversation about future Buckeyes who hope to go in the NFL draft. Stephen, you are newly back from vacation. Where'd you go? What's going on? I didn't go anywhere. I was at home the entire time sleeping. Oh. A staycation, yeah. I believe the kids call it, or actually yeah. their, their parents probably call it that. Just sleeping, just sleeping for seven days. Yeah, sleeping, being very lazy. It was wow. amazing. I recommend everybody should like have a week in their life where they're just lazy. I, uh, I, I think there's probably some merit to that. I'm about to take a couple of months off where I'm told I'm not going to sleep at all. So uh, I may need to then follow that up somehow. I don't th- I think maybe I've slept my last night of sleep. Maybe it was like whatever night before the baby comes might just be my last night of sleep ever. That's what I'm, that's what I've been told. People, people are, are kind of telling these horror stories of, Oh, you're going to sleep like two hours a night and say goodbye to, to ever feeling rested again. We'll see. I hate that for you, but I love it for you at the same time because it's life, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. (laughs) I think, I think it's one of those things where it won't be as bad as a few one of those things where you 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 hear the worst of it. People tell you to expect the worst of it, and then yeah. if you just have a, a a picture of it being that terrible, then when you finally experience it, it won't seem so bad. That's what I'm hoping for going into it. Fair point. Fair point. Well, not a lot of recruiting progress while you were gone. A few things happened here and there, and it was mostly had to do with some Ohio State targets who were putting out lists or making some announcements about visits. And we're going to talk a lot about running backs on this podcast day. It's going to be the bulk of what we talk about today, because that's obviously kind of a marquee position for Ohio State's 2023 class. And some things are happening there. The most prominent, I guess, is Cedric Baxter, who is a four-star top 50 prospect from Orlando, released a top five. And it was Arkansas, Florida, Miami, Texas, and Texas A&M. No Ohio State in that Mm -hmm. top five. And he is not the top target for Ohio State in this class. That would be Richard Young. We're going to get to him in a minute. But Cedric Baxter was, I don't know if you'd call him a backup plan at this stage, but like certainly they're very interested in Cedric Baxter too. And there's a lot of moving parts involved there. And they probably still wanted to be in play for Cedric Baxter. So I guess, were you surprised that he didn't make Ohio, Ohio State did not make that top five? And what does it mean for Ohio State? Yeah, a little bit. Like I think you kind of hit it on the nail. It's Richard Young obviously option number one, but Cedric Baxter is probably number two. It's the best way to put it is if either one of those guys wanted to commit, like right now as we're doing this pod, Ohio State would take them. And that, it, without regardless of what position you're talking about, there's only a few amount of guys who would fit under that billing at each spot. And so it, it is kind of shocking that we haven't hit June yet. When you know Ohio State's going to have those weekends full of uh, official visits that he didn't make it to that point before um, knocking him out of the way. Now there have obviously been the idea of how much is NIL playing a role in some of this. And it might be, it might not be, that's not a discussion like we need to get into right now. But the point of the matter is Ohio state as early as the beginning of this month felt pretty good about where they were with, with Cedric Baxter as they, and they've had a pretty good month. I think what four commits in the month of April, that's a pretty quality month um, all over the place, not just at one position as well. 
um, they felt good with where they're at and, you know, closing out April, not even, you know, being in competition anymore was not necessarily what they wanted to be. And now you're putting a lot of your eggs in, I don't want to say all of your eggs in the Richard Young basket, but a lot more eggs than maybe you initially planned to heading into the summer months. Well, I don't know if all of the eggs are in the Richard Young basket, but I don't know that there are a lot of baskets to be putting eggs in. And he's one of the few in the context of what Ohio State wants and probably needs to do with this 2023 class. I want to talk about that a little bit more in a minute, but just to give people an update on Richard Young, who is the five-star prospect, uh, number 19 overall out of Lehigh Acres, Florida. He has one crystal ball to Alabama from Steve Wiltfong. We, we obviously, for people who listen to us a lot, we, we use the 24-7 rankings a lot, 24-7 sports. And they, Wiltfong is one of their more prominent recruiting mm-hmm. analysts. So that means a little something to me that someone like him is, is putting a crystal ball to at any level to Alabama for young. Have you seen any momentum changes there in the last month or so? It means his unofficial visit on April 16th went well. That's typically what happened. You learn a lot from, okay, where's the momentum taking a kid when he gets off of a visit? If the, if the momentum doesn't really start shifting, it was a solid visit, but the, that's not a good thing. If you, if a kid leaves your campus and you don't feel like there was some momentum shift in your favor. And so that's, that's what that crystal ball means to me. It means that, but then also the more important thing here is he has an official visit to Ohio state set for June 24th. Um, he's been up here a few times already. He camped last year. He attended some ga- games during the season. So he's been up here enough. It's not like this will be his first time getting up here, but it is significantly important that Richard Young makes that visit, you know, which ba- I mean, that's basically two months almost between now and J- June 24th. As long as he doesn't pop for Alabama, Ohio State is still in good position. If he well, if he lands in Columbus on June 24th for that official visit, if he pops, then obviously Ohio State's out of that race. So that that's what this boils that That's the that's D Day at this point. Can Ohio State get to June 24th and Richard Young still be undecided? Then all that momentum for Alabama it obviously still exists because Bama is Bama, but Ohio State at least now has a puncher's chance because he's been back up here. Yeah, obviously, if they don't even get a visit from him, this this is over. Um, yes. I, my concern, if I was an Ohio State fan, is the idea of even going head-to-head against Alabama for a running back. I don't know that that's a fight that I think Ohio State's going to win very often. Do you? I mean, what if if you had if, – if there was one position where you didn't want to go head-to-head against Alabama at, wouldn't running back be almost at the top of that list? Yeah, that's a – Really good point. I mean, because even if Alabama's got a room full of five stars, other five stars are always, you know, willing to join that room. I think because even that corner, which is what, you know, uh, Nick Saban specializes in. I mean, Ohio State's got a good, you know, background at corner. Wide receiver. I mean, Alabama's too busy trying to go to the transfer portal to find wide receiver talents because their recruits aren't working out and Brian Hartline's kicking butt. Even that tackle, the J.C. Latham thing was more of like a one-off and it has been like a consistent thing of Alabama beating Ohio State for tackle. So, yeah, that's – you go – you you Alabama, Ohio State's got some wins up against Bama in the past. I'm not – we're not just going to throw that out there as if like Bama's this like, you know – Unbeatable. Raging. No, right. Yeah, they're not unbeatable. But yes, if all if if any position out there that you probably don't want to have to go up against Bama for, it's definitely running back. The J.K. Dobbins recruitment preceded me here. It was was Alabama a strong consideration for him? Not really. That one's interesting. He built such a great relationship with Tony Offord that he 
committed here before he even visited. So it was Barry okay. Travion yep. Henderson-ish. Okay. Well, this is the reason I want to bring it up. I want to give people, again, because this, if, if best case scenario, this does come down to Alabama against Ohio State, this is the history that Ohio State is recruiting against. So Ohio State since 2011, and I haven't included, so I went back 10 years because 2022, the draft hasn't happened yet. Mm-hmm. But the last, since 2011, Ohio State has had six running backs drafted, including um, Dan Heron in the sixth round and there was one first rounder that was Ezekiel Elliott two second rounders and Carlos Hyde and J.K. Dobbins since 2011 Alabama's had 10 running backs drafted but four have been first rounders and three have been second rounders that's everybody Najee Harris Josh Jacobs Derek Henry T.J. Yellen Eddie Lacy Trent Richardson Mark Ingram like obviously some guys for the most part who not only drafted the first round but were also getting into the NFL and having productive careers so that's something that I has always kind of lingered for me in this Richard Young thing is if Bama wants him and Bama makes him a priority at that position, this is a probably an area where Ohio State's going to have to um, break with tradition a little bit to, in order to win that battle and and get that guy and 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 convince him to come to Ohio State, especially if part of the reality is I don't know what Alabama. This is one something I should have looked up. I don't know what Alabama's um, running back situation is going to be for 2023 if it's going to have an established starter in place for 2023 but we know Ohio State will that to me also all along I know what the idea this this idea of, of coming in and learning behind Henderson for a year etc but doesn't it make it both those things would seem to make it that much harder for Ohio State to beat Alabama for Richard Young for what's it, what it's worth they do um, Kamar Wheaton was the number three running back in that 2021 recruiting class oh nope never mind he is a transfer so i'm not even mm-hmm. worried about that one so no they actually might have like there isn't a five star in front of him so that's even more of a point it's like if ohio state's pitches come learn behind travion henderson and then take over as a sophomore in 2024 well alabama can come say or just come be travion henderson and take over in 2023 so it's it's going to be interesting i think do think it's George is still in this too. We can't, you know, rule them out either because Kirby Smart's done his job recruiting. But if this is truly at this point turning into an Ohio State Alabama battle for Richard Young, it's going to come down to the awe and allure that is Alabama and Bama just being Bama versus the relationship that he has built with Tony Alford, which he has said multiple times is one of the stronger relationships he has as any college coach. So it's what's stronger and what's going to win out there and. Right now, oh, Alabama's taking the lead because he just left Tuscaloosa. Is that does Ohio State retake the lead when he leaves Columbus? If he gets to Columbus, then okay, let's see where this goes the rest of the summer. But that's what it comes down to is the relationship with Tony Offer, which might be stronger than anybody's, but then Alabama is Bama. So how concerned should Ohio State? Let's say Richard Young doesn't come to Ohio State. How concerned? And before we get into other, I want to talk about other targets potentially in a minute. Mm-hmm. But He's obviously number one on the list, and Baxter was number two on the list. Kind of, there was some separation there, too. So both those guys are not Ohio State possibilities for 2023. How concerned should Ohio State fans be that running back recruiting then is a problem for 2023? They already have Mark Fletcher, who has committed to this class. But that's not a five-star guy or even a top 100 guy. So... For fans who remember how that that lull that they got caught in in 2020 Mm -hmm. and the hole that that left, 
how concerned should they be that something else is developing that looks a lot like that? Yeah, it, it really does depend on what you think of Mark Fletcher, because if he's your second back, that's a heck of a recruiting class. But if you still feel comfortable with him being your number one, then they're fine. I say with dot, 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 because it's not that best as you could. It's not going to be quite. He's not Mayan Williams as far as what his recruiting pedigree is. So it's not going to be quite to the level of 2020 where it's like you missed on B. John Robinson when you thought you had him. You missed on Kendall Milton when you ended up at Georgia. And uh, you missed on the kid who <laughs> Chip Trano <laughs> ended up at Arizona State playing running back or the kid who ended up at Florida State. It's not going to be quite to that level where they're having to flip the in-state lower ranked kid who's committed to Iowa State during the Penn State game. It's not going to be quite to that level. Mark Fletcher is a very quality back and people should be happy with that commitment. But if Ohio State wants to accomplish the thing it wants to accomplish in this class, and that's two quality running backs, then we might get into a situation where they have to like widen the net a little bit on who they're looking at. Because right now they've only offered eight people and three of those guys have already taken them four now actually have already taken themselves out of consideration either by committing elsewhere or releasing lists that didn't include Ohio State. But I think the way we talk about this is important because it's not about getting two quality running backs. Mm-hmm. They're, it, they've got a quality running back. Like, 20, so here's the best. 2021 was not about getting two quality running backs. Evan Pryor is a quality running back, and Trevon Henderson is Trevion Henderson. It was the, the separation there is important, that it, it wasn't about getting two guys to come in and both be in some kind of share. It was about they needed numbers and they needed quality numbers. But Henderson was always number one and Pryor was always number two. It was always about getting it wasn't about getting Trevin Henderson to come along when you got Evan Pryor. It's the opposite. You've got to convince that second guy to come in when you know that the the big time guy is also coming in in that same class. And you're probably always going to be a little bit behind him. And here's why I think it's important. I I think that means that 2023 recruiting for running backs is only really a success. If Ohio state gets, you don't have to get Trevor Henderson. uh, You don't have to get like the number one guy in the country because that might be slipping away, but I think you've got to get someone else of, of the top 50 guy. Yeah. And there aren't that many of those guys out there. So I just want to give people perspective on this. Here are the future Ohio State quarterback rooms or running back rooms. We actually went down this a little bit on the last pod, but I'm going to stretch it out beyond just 2023. So in 2023, they'll have Trevon Henderson. They may still have Mayan Williams around as a a senior. They would potentially still have Evan Pryor around as a third-year sophomore, redshirt sophomore. You would have Dallin Hayden either as a sophomore or a redshirt freshman. And he's coming in, obviously, um, this summer. He's a four-star guy, ranked number 296 in the country. And then Fletcher, the true freshman, would be coming in next year as a true freshman. So you'd have – and I'm not including um, Marcus Crawley in there. I don't know what his situation is right now, quite frankly. Ryan Day hinted at some announcement that's going to be coming as to his – I would assume a medical redshirt. Roster status. Something like that is probably going to happen. so I agree. I think that there's probably they probably are working on something like that, but I don't know what that means for him in 2023, because as I just said, that's a pretty stacked room before you even start talking about Marcus Crowley. So keep him in the back of your mind, but I'm not putting him on this list. When we get to 2024, Trevin Henderson's gone, most likely. Mayan Williams also gone, most likely. He would have that COVID year still hanging around, but I, I'm not going to assume that he's around for a fifth year. So now you're talking about Evan Pryor as a redshirt junior, 
Dallin Hayden as a third-year guy, Mark Fletcher as a second-year guy. That's pretty much your scholarship running back room at that point, unless, depending on who else you add in this class. So that's where it first starts to, I think, come into focus how much they need an impact guy in 2023 because you're putting a lot on – I know Evan Pryor was a top 100 guy, and he looked pretty good in the spring game. We haven't seen him do – the things that we always talk about on Buckeye talk and, and Doug has really harped on it about that, that guy that is the running back that helps Ohio state win a national championship. Um, we haven't seen down Hayden do anything yet, but he's, it was barely a top 300 prospect. So keep that in mind. And then Mark Fletcher, also a guy who was in like, you know, top 200. And then for 2025, if you don't get anybody else in 2023, or if you just get another guy like Fletcher, who's ranked in the top 200 or lower, Evan Pryor will be a fifth year. At that point, I don't think he's back for a fifth year. Dallin Hayden would be either would be in his fourth year. So is he still at Ohio State in his fourth year? And what and at what level is he producing? And then Fletcher, again, the number 154 recruit in the country for this 2023 class. Um, is he is going to be a third year guy at that point? But if you don't get another impact guy for 2023, who's really headlining in that room? Fletcher might be the guy who is headlining in that room, depending on who you get in 2024. So that's where if you start to play this out into the future as an Ohio State fan, I think you have concerns about who is going to be leading this room when Trevion Henderson's gone if they don't get somebody in this class. Yeah, I, like I, it, some of this is, is, and I feel like I'm repeating, it's going to depend on what you feel about Fletcher. Now, the, the, the next time they come out with some updated composites, just because he's now an Ohio State commit, there's going to be the Buckeye bump. So I sure. assume he'd be around the top the the you know the 100 mark or something like that that'll happen because that's how this works you know some of it is you know, how talented is the kid but then also who's he's committed to what's his offer list so it's recruiting rankings are weird man so yeah it, it starts with that what do you think of him and then as we get into some of these other options it, it's not like there are a lot of highly rated running backs in this class to begin with it's Ruben Owens who was a Texas decommit who probably is still going to end up at Texas anyway. He got an Ohio state offer last summer was supposed to camp. He never really made the trip. I don't Ohio state's not really in that. I don't know if they're really in that race at this point, but he's num- he's rated number one right now. And then Richard Young's the other five-star who's number two and he's 19 and Richard Ruben Owens is 17. After that, justice Haynes is next. And he's like next on Ohio state's list at number 45 and number three overall. And then Cedric Baxter is the only other top 50 running back in this class. So like it's it's not like the it's not a situation where all right Ohio State you might miss on this top fifty running back you need to get in on these guys well there's only four of them right now things are, are slated and one of them has already angsted you out the other one probably is not really a real consideration and the other one you're really hoping he gets here in June while you're continuing to build a relationship with Justice Haynes so it's what do we think of Fletcher six months from now but then also. What's Richard Young's deal, but then also what's Justice Haynes' deal? That's I that those three are interesting for different reasons. One, because he's already committed, and two, and the other two because they're you know the top targets now that Ohio State is still in on. We're gonna continue this conversation after the break because I want to talk about what Ohio State can do to sort of protect itself or as as a contingency plan for this class. And then also we should get into a little bit of 2024 because as I was describing yeah. that 2024, 2025. If, if things don't work out in 2023 with one of these top guys, what do for 2024 to mitigate a little bit? You're listening to Buckeye Talk. Back on Buckeye Talk. So one of my questions was going to be, but you've sort of already answered it. At this point, 
should Ohio State even be waiting around for Richard Young? If it feels like it's trending away, do you have to jump another top 50 guy? Or do you not feel it's that desperate? You know, just from your analysis looking in, does is Ohio State have enough stability there? Certainly for 2023. They don't need it for 2023. Are there is there enough certainty in 2024 with Pryor, Hayden, and Fletcher that you don't have to that you can afford to wait on the Richard Young decision without locking yourself into somebody else? Yeah, I think you can wait because the relationship's strong enough and also just because of how Ohio State does things. You know, you often see a run after they've had a bunch of kids on campus. I mean, we just saw it this month. I would assume after that month of June, they'll have another run and then maybe like a small little mini run heading into the season because since Ryan Day's taken over, that's how classes have worked here. They're almost full by the time the regular season starts because of how they operate. But because that relationship is so strong and you're still Ohio State and Bama is Bama, but like Ohio State and Georgia are probably the two programs right now who would feel like, okay, we can, we like our chances going up against that powerhouse that is Bama. So you, I don't want to say you're waiting on Richard Young, but you can definitely take your time and don't feel like you have to scramble elsewhere because it's, we're heading into May and not heading into September. Now, Ask me that question again in September if Richard Young still hasn't committed, but it still seems like he's getting the he's headed to Alabama. Then it's a different conversation. Do you think I am underrating Evan Pryor as I look ahead to 2024? Because with Henderson hmm. gone and Mayan Williams would presumably be gone, like I said, uh, we went into a year for 2023. If if Evan Pryor is even still around at that point for 2024, he would potentially be at the top of this room. Yeah, potentially if they don't get anybody else for 2023, if they don't get Richard Young, if they don't get one of these other, you know, top 50 type of guys, can Evan is Evan Pryor enough to lead a room on a team that wants to win a national championship? So 2024 is year four, Evan Pryor. Correct. In year three of him potentially being in a position where he had a role, depending on how things work out this year. Potentially, but that's also the, the 2023 yeah, still, room is the 2022 room as far as the top three to me. Yeah. The top, unless they add Richard Young or somebody like yeah. that, but your top three for next, for this coming fall is Henderson, Williams, and Pryor. That's what I'm projected to be for 2023. Yeah. Assuming, I, assuming Williams and Pryor both stick around. I don't want to put too much stock in the spring game, obviously. Like you put enough in it to say you saw some things, but not too much. But I would have said no to that. I thought I would think that you were on point. Have we not seen what he did in the spring game? If that makes sense. Like he has some of the stuff that Travion Henderson has. He's just not Travion Henderson. And he wasn't ready to do it as a true freshman. And that's the thing. As great as it was that J.K. Dobbins was ready to go as a true freshman, it was almost a bonus that he was ready to do that. You know, nobody was expecting Travion, I mean, expecting J.K. Dobbins to like be the guy like that, the way he wasn't have that game against Indiana. So when you got it, it was like, oh, great. Ohio State's got a starting running back the next three years. While with Travion Henderson, from the moment he committed, it was like, all right, he's got to come in and be the guy. As a matter of fact, Ohio State doesn't need to waste time with this. They need to make him the guy as soon as possible. And that's how we talked about him heading into the 2021 season. It's okay if a guy has to wait till year two at a place like Ohio state where you should have the talent in front of you, that makes you have to do that. So no, I think there's a chance that we're in a situation where Travion Henderson's your top dog and my, and Evan Pryor somehow surpasses Mayan and ends up being the number two for the next two years. And in 2024 as a year four guy, he's just like the dude and they're cool with, cool with that. I understand what you're saying when you say Ohio state should have, it should be okay to wait to your second year at Ohio state. I understand why you're saying that. 
if there had been a five star going into his third year, would Ohio State have gotten Trevion Williams and that Trevion Henderson in that same class? Like, do you understand what I'm saying? Like, if Ohio State had yeah. a third year five star guy for if, if J.K. Dobbins were back for the if, if everything had shifted ahead two years and J.K. Dobbins mm-hmm. were coming back for the 2021 season after and, and a guy who you would expect to dominate carries, would they have gotten Trevin Henderson in the 2021 class? Because we sometimes keep talking about these these things as if it's like, well, I, you know, a, a player could decide to do this, but we need to cite examples of when they actually do it. I don't know if Trevin Henderson would have come to Ohio State and set for a year or been the clear number two for a year. And that's what they're sort of asking some of these, these five stars and, and other guys that they're going after for the running back room to do. It seems like. I think missing on Bijan and Kendall Milton in 2020 allowed them to get two. I think they well, would have gotten Travia, but, but more to I, the point, like you think they would have gotten Trevian Henderson regardless if Bijan Robinson committed in 2020, they still would have got Trevian Henderson. Oh no 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 no! If that Bijan, yeah, no, that would it definitely wouldn't have happened. Now, so like I'm just saying in general, in your, that's the in, important part. Yeah, no, Trav, uh, no, they would have because Travion's not sitting by a guy who's only a year older than him. I'm right. in your scenario where it's like J.K.'s a uh, a junior in 2021 instead of in 2019. I think you would have gotten Travion. I don't think you would have gotten Evan because I think you can sell it to one person. You can't sell the guy who was also behind the other guy. That hey, not only do you have to wait a behind a guy who's already the established starter, but you now have to wait behind a guy who's going to take over for him the next year. But it's, but also clearly selling it to Henderson is the more important thing and possibly the yeah. harder thing than selling it to the so other person. And that's that I'm yeah. not trying to slide every Evan prior there before I was asking if I was underrating him. And now it, I, I, and I, this is a different conversation. Cause I'm just, this is just a fact that Evan prior isn't as good as Trevian Henderson. <laughs> yeah, if you, if you so, t- yeah, if you they could only have one of if it had come down to hey Tony, you can only have one of those two. Which one you taking? Trevion's coming with us. Well, if if, if it was his choice, but that's the point. It isn't yeah. his choice at the end of the day. It's the player's choice at the end of the well, day. Well, I mean, just choice of like where they wanted to put their recruiting resources into. Do you think OSU gets a visit from Ruben Owens? No, I would be very shocked. If they got a visit from him, do you think they get a visit from Justice Haynes? Yes. He has two crystal balls to Georgia, none from 247's top experts. But um, again, that would probably, some of that might be reflective of legacy. How, well, there's, yeah, legacy. Yeah, he's from, yeah, his, yeah. His father played there. So it's like, you know, that's a huge part of it. But also, mm-hmm. Sometimes your priorities, it's a, it's an interesting dance with the recruiting priorities, too, because mm-hmm. I think no one is everyone knows Ohio State wants Richard Young. And if you're like that next guy, third, fourth guy down the list, I mean, we've seen that work out both ways. I think there's been times where mm-hmm. the patience has has paid off and there's been other times where guys have said thanks, but no thanks. Once Ohio State comes around and tries to get them on the, the second time around, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, that makes sense. Which is why not so much a running back, but some other positions. I mean, offensive yeah, line is the one that it's definitely it's a it's a game, you know, that you gotta your your massaging egos. <laughs> you 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 have a hierarchy, you just don't want anybody else to know about the hierarchy, even though we all know it. Yeah, I think to 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 say that that, that the hierarchy of, of running back recruiting for 2023 is not widely known would would be disingenuous. So again, I'm just playing devil's advocate here. Ohio State 
doesn't get Richard Young, right? Ohio State finishes second to Alabama for Richard Young. And these other things don't work out. Ruben Owens decides to go back to Texas. Justice Haynes goes to Georgia, something like that. You've already mentioned some guys, but when you start talking about 2023 at that point, maybe you're getting somebody else who is more down in that that Fletcher level anyway. Maybe you're getting two guys from that same class that are in that same range and letting them kind of come in and, and, and fight for who wins out to eventually climb the depth chart. That would seem to, though, re-emphasize 2024. Is that a better group of running backs? And is there anybody the Ohio State is trying to make inroads with already? Yeah, there. I mean, there's only two five stars in that class right now, but uh, there are four top 100 guys, so it's already you know a little bit better. The, with the lowest one being 61, they've offered three of those guys. Jared Gibson, who's at IMG, number 15 player, that's the top running back in the country. Stacy Gage, who is his running mate at IMG, number 30 player, number two running back in the country. So yeah, IMG has the top two, <laughs> um, you know, rising junior running backs in the country right now. Why and Ohio that... State, Ohio State has at least a good relationship with IMG. Yeah, a lot of people do. A lot of a lot, yeah. they're not the only place that the IMG recruits go, prospects go. But Ohio State has pulled some guys out of there, and it definitely helps. Now their head coach is a former player, and then Anthony sure. Carey, out of also out of Florida. Once again, Ohio State's loving it in Florida right now. Best, you know, the the Power Five schools try to get it together. Number sixty-one player and number four running back in that class. So number one, two, and four running backs in that class have offers right now, while the number three running back, Tavani Mizell, also from Florida. <laughs> like, Florida's having a ball right now. Number 49 player, number three running back. I would assume that if he gets up here for a camp and it feels like there's any type of, you know, mutual relationship there that he'd probably get an offer at some point as well. So, yeah, it's if they miss, let's just say you only end up with Fletcher in this class, then I would assume that the goal of landing two guys for the sake of solid scholarship numbers will transport, will, you know, go over to the 2024 class. Cause yes, you want two quality guys, but also you got to fill a room. So this is where, again, if things don't work out in 2023, I still see it being a potentially optimistic situation for 2024 for Ohio state. If you believe in Evan Pryor, so if Evan Pryor would be a, a fourth year junior at that point, again, if he, mm-hmm. if he sticks it through, it might depend on whether how big his role is for 2023 and if he sees that light coming for 2024. But if it, you can probably then recruit a pretty high-level prospect in that 2024 class and say, come in and play alongside or behind Evan Pryor or take your best shot at him at that yeah. point. That seems like an easier fit than what they're trying to do with 2023, which is get someone the caliber of Richard Young to come in and be in the same room as Trevon Henderson. Yeah, but I also don't know if like Ohio State wants to have to live in that world of like every three years because you missed on running back recruiting, you've got to go sell a freshman on a sell a kid on like starting as a true freshman because everybody's not Maurice Claret. Sell someone on starting as a true freshman. I don't mean I, I just don't like every not okay, maybe sell isn't the right word, but just like everybody isn't Maurice Claret. And J.K. Dobbins and Travion Henderson, where they're ready to do that. Ezekiel Elliott didn't play as a true freshman at Ohio State. Najee Harris is like the highest rated running back Alabama's ever gotten. And I remember like back during the 20, during the Alabama Clemson National Championship game during the 2018 season where he got like two touches. Uh, Herb Streak and Fowler were talking about how he, the first two years for him haven't gone the way he planned them to go because he just hasn't been playing. So as great as it is to be able to tell a kid that, the kid's got to be ready to do that. And that's that's a special that, that those players, even with the five star ratings, that kid doesn't come every cycle. 
Yeah, and and I want to make sure that I'm I'm being clear. Like, if Ohio State gets Richard Young, I think it's national championship hopes for 2023 increase. Yes, obviously. Like, if he if you get a player of that talent, and I guess if he pans out too, that's always the caveat. Um, if he shows up and, and looks as good as let's say Trevin Henderson did as a freshman, then now that's your two running back combination. Like anytime you're taking Trevin Henderson off the field, just for rest, you're putting the next Trevin Henderson on the field. That helps your chances to win a national championship in 2023. I understand yeah. why Ohio state is trying to do that and going for it. It makes perfect sense. I'm just saying that if, if I I'm skeptical that that happens, just the way things are trending, I've always been a little skeptical of the idea of getting Richard young away from another program like Alabama because of number one, their history of developing talent, but number two, the opportunity that they might be able to give him right away. So that's why I think 2024 seems huge to me right now. Cause then you're trying you best case scenario. Again, you're talking about prior Hayden Fletcher right now as being the guys in that room, unless you get somebody from a transfer and that's where you might be trying to get your next Trevor Henderson to come in and make a, a big splash right away. That is on the table. I agree. That's a lot of running back talk. We're going to come back and talk a little bit more about the backfield, but a different position. You're listening to Buckeye talk. All right. Time to talk fullbacks. No, I'm just kidding. There's only one other position in the state backfield. That is quarterback. I wanted to, Steven, since uh, again, you were gone last week. I just wanted to kind of get your perspective on uh, Dylan Lonergan, the quarterback from the 2023 class. He has Ohio state in his top five. Is Ohio State a, a big player for him? I would lean no. Um, obviously, Dylan Lonergan. I don't understand why I struggle so much with that name. He has come out and said he wants to play baseball and football at the next level. Yep. And we've seen that with Ohio State recruits before who have wanted to do that. Um, Tawan Malone in the 2021 class was a defensive lineman, top 100 recruit, who voiced that. And it was a deal breaker for him if you couldn't do that. And Ohio State's not letting you do that. So he's at Ole Miss. He's playing baseball and he's playing football. Um, SEC schools let you do that. It's warm down there. Yeah, I would <laughs> encourage people to go find highlights of Taiwan Malone playing baseball or just hitting. It's pretty fun to watch. I know yeah. I'm a baseball guy. I know we just had a discussion Doug and I did last week, um, or maybe it was yesterday on, on Madness that we talked about it. I can't bunch and they've all kind of mashed together. But uh, some people are bored by baseball. I think watching Taiwan Malone hit is fun. He's a big guy. He's a watching, big guy. Watching big people smash small things. That's uh, got to be fun. But yeah, uh, Lonergan is probably, uh, he's trending towards South Carolina, which like I said, SEC schools, it's warm. You can play those two sports. Ohio State's not letting you do that. I mean, Justin Fields, they flirted it with it, but he's not actually doing it. And yes, they've had some guys who indoor track in the past, but it's not normal enough that they just let everybody do it. So yeah, more than likely, he's probably going to end up at South Carolina and Ohio State search for a 2023 running quarterback, excuse me, continues, whether that how they end up using that spot, whether they do just find a guy that is in Doug's words, the backup, because you do have these other guys in the room or they just use the portal when CJ Stroud is gone to fill the room back up. It's going to be interesting to see what they do at quarterback when you know you've got two things that you think are sure things in Kyle McCord and Devin Brown. Well, I was going to ask, like, do you, is this the year that breaks the streak now? It does the year where obviously doesn't bring in a top prospect for the quarterback room. Um, I know we've talked about that before. Like when is that going to end? When is Ryan day going to maybe pivot and either by circumstances of 
who's available? Because part of this is, are there top prospects that you like? And is there that mutual attraction? And, the, and at some point you would think the fact that you're getting one in every class makes it less likely you'd get one in the next class. Yeah. It is 2023 the year that, that that finally happens. Yeah. And I would have said this last summer before the Quinn Ewers saga happened of like, yeah, this would be the ideal class to do it in because you weren't really going hard at quarterbacks at that time. The list of offers hasn't really risen. Only three of those guys are still undecided now. And like the main one is Dante Moore, who's got Cleveland ties leaving in Michigan. So like, that's probably your best bet at this, at this point, they Ohio state just didn't seem real interested in going and finding a top 100 quarterback in 2023, because you had Stroud, you had, McCord, you had yours, and then you had Jaden Davis and Dylan Riola as your top two options in 2024. So you could afford to skip a year and be okay. And then Quinn threw everything off balance and you kind of had to re come up for air and reshuffle some things. But as things worked out, you ended up with Devin Brown, you still have Stroud and you still have McCord. And as things are trending right now, Dylan Riola is looking like he's going to be Ohio State's first 2024 commit as things are trending, even in with Jaden Davis would have been the, the other option for that. So you're still on pace to go, eh, we're just going to leave 2023 quarterbacks alone, go find a transfer portal to fill the guy in the portal to fill the room and we'll be fine. But just the way that Ryan Day has recruited that room, I, I'm not sure I believe that they just were like, ah, 2023, whatever. I mean, maybe they did. Maybe they just maybe there was a balance on the roster where they were like, hey, we don't want to spend we don't need to spend recruiting capital here. But because I think they're there's they're probably relatively confident right now that you'll have both McCord and Brown for 2023. So you've at least got two top ranked scholarship guys that you can mm -hmm. count on there. Um, that's probably not still a thousand percent guaranteed, but I think that's it's likely it, it's it's reasonable to expect that definitely depends but, on who wins the job. Uh, sure, sure. Yeah, I suppose if Devin Brown yeah. were, to, were to surpass McCormick, sure. Yeah, but I don't think that's what anybody expects right now. I think right now, if nah. you were to if you were to put it on, if you were to mark it down Monday, we are recording this on a Monday. It is not a market down Monday. I won't hold you to this, but if we were marking it down, wouldn't we both mark down? Comic Court starts in 2023, and Devin Brown is the backup. Yes. Okay. So I'm not sure that I believe that Ryan Day would just like punt on 2023. It, it might be that the guys that he liked, either he didn't like enough guys at the top of this list, because as you've talked about before, there's a type developing. Mm -hmm. He's not taking a, a little, um, Five, he's not ten. taking the smaller, faster guy. Like, right. Yeah. It's, it's, he wants a, he wants an NFL style quarterback kind of mm -hmm. back there. So if, if that guy isn't available or if the ones who were available didn't show as much Ohio State interest, maybe because they see that the room is tied up through 2023 and then Devin Brown would be there to take over in 2024. So I, I'm wondering if maybe that's more what happened there. There wasn't Ohio State just, just blowing it off, but Ohio State just yeah. – the, the, the connection wasn't happening. But 2024, Riola seems like – like are you basically just on Riola watch at this point, like when the commitment's going to come? Doesn't that seem like it could be a imminent thing? Yes, he was here for Student Appreciation Day. And from what I was told, he was supposed to be at USC the day when he showed up for the spring game. And that guy lives in Arizona, and those were two unofficial visits. So he paid for those out of his own pocket. When a guy does that twice, 
something's up, especially when the program knows another quarterback is supposed to be in town and that quarterback then doesn't show up for the spring game. Yeah. Um, we should all be on right all the watch, but I think you're right. It wasn't like they just went to Corey Dennis. It was like, Hey, you could be lazy this cycle. I'll talk to you next year. It was definitely probably more of a like, okay, we don't have to do this, but we'll throw our line out there. And if something bites, then we'll play ball. But if not, we'll be okay. And I'm, they, they did their due justice. They had guys here for camps last year. Uh, like Nico Iamaliva, he camped last, last year. And now he's a Tennessee commit. For, you take that for what it's worth. And like uh, Dylan Lonergan has been here for a camp and Dante Moore has been on this campus. They've done their due diligence. It's just if there was a cycle where they could feel like they didn't have to be as aggressive, it's maybe a better way to put it. It was going to be this cycle. The 2024 quarterback room gets interesting for me because really? I, I think it is fun. I think it could be. It, well, it depends. It probably I'm actually well. Does Common Accord stick around for a fourth year? And if the answer is yes, that probably means Devin Brown isn't still around. Let's just, I mean, that's the reality of the world, right? Yeah. So then, so it probably makes it less interesting, actually. There's no way I think both those guys are still in the room for the 2024 season ahead of then whoever would be coming in for 2024. So whoever you're getting with the 2024 class is coming in thinking they are probably the backup right away. I guess depending on you know who else they yeah. get for 2023 as far as a, a portal guy or a lower ranked guy, and then potentially taking over in 2024 or 25 if that if the guy ahead of them is a is a one and done starter, which is I think what Kyle McCord would probably hope to be for 2023. But I want to go back to conversations we've had. Like I'm not sure that I expect that to happen. So I think it's on the table to happen. I think that's the best case scenario probably for both Kyle McCord and Ohio State in some ways. I will also say there's, you know, extensive um, analysis out there about how many starts in college help you be a better NFL quarterback. And, you know, guys who have made that jump with fewer than those starts, uh, it it doesn't always work out. And and Justin Fields was like almost – it was actually right on the border of that, um, even though he had the second season because that second season was shortened. So – I don't know. I don't know if, if Common Accord would want to just have a 2023 and we don't know what's going to happen in 2022, but assuming CJ Stroud's healthy all of 2022, does Common Accord take just one season as a starter and move on? Or does he want a, a second full season to, to further hone the skills? And then how does that change things? But I don't think it changes anything for 2024 recruiting. I think it would just change things for Devin Brown's own status. Yeah. I'm starting to lean more and more into this idea that when CJ Stroud leaves Ohio State, might live in that doesn't have a multi-year starting quarterback again until 2024. Like Dylan Raiola is going to be Ohio State's next multi-year starting quarterback because I think Kyle McCord is talented enough to pull a Dwayne Haskins. Rest in peace. I think. Well, but. uh, So here's the, like, like, here's my theory. Take take, take, take Dwayne Haskins' recent passing out of this. Uh, I'm, I would use Dwayne Haskins as the cautionary tale, not, well, no, no, no. I just player. mean like I, I, I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't mean like what he did once he was in the NFL. I mean the idea of like he can use one season to turn himself into a first round pick. What he does afterward, that's a different, that's whatever. Like, but as a Ohio State quarterback, 
Dwayne Haskins used one season to turn himself into a first. I think Kyle McCord's talented enough to do that, especially now that he's showing that he started in the rain and some of that gunslinger stuff. And Devin Brown might be on that same track, especially since he's going to, once again, a guy who's two years in the program. I think what can help with that is what Ryan Day is trying to make the quarterback reputation here. If Justin Fields, like, has that jump as a second-year guy, even if, I'm sorry, your Bears are kind of, all over the place right now. And CJ Stroud, wherever he goes is quality that helps with that a little bit. The idea of, cause now it's the reputation of Ohio state quarterbacks that we see with other positions like defensive line, where sometimes you can see Ohio state defensive line and maybe go higher than they should have just based off the reputation that Larry Johnson has as a developer. And so that's what, that's more what I'm getting at. There is can, I think both of us have written stories, like can Justin Fields, you know, Justin feels be the guy who changes the perception of Ohio state quarterbacks. And then, then like CJ Stroud kind of validates that. So now it's like, yeah, I know Kyle McCord only has 14, maybe 15, depending on how that 2023 season plays out games as a starter. Well, no, it'd be 16. If they be reaching out to championship game, cause he started against Akron. I know he only has 16 games, but what we saw combined with what we now know about the way Ohio state develops quarterbacks, will take a fire on him. And then you do the same thing with Devin Brown. Yeah, I, I, I understood what you were saying. I would just say that when when people make up that list of of the quarterbacks who maybe didn't have enough starts yeah. before going off to the NFL, I think Dwayne Haskins would probably be on that list. Sure. So I, it'll be an interesting maybe this decision for Kyle McCord. I, 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 he, he's faced a lot of them already. I feel like like it was it's the decision to come to Ohio State when you know it's going to be a a a very busy room and then it's, it's the decision to stick around and then it could be the decision to stick around even longer um and i'm kind of intrigued by that because i like when guys sometimes don't make the easy decision but make one that could be the the, the better for them in the long run um and that's what the way ryan day has recruited this quarterback room has asked a lot of guys to do in recent years so anything else before we sign off what's what's coming up soon for you recruiting wise anything you got on the horizon uh, it's May is going to be interesting. You had a, a really loud April. I think May might be more of a, you know, build relationships and kind of how is trying to get ready for all these day camps they are going to have in June. Um, I'm going to start getting out here and, you know, put my feet to the ground, get into a lot of these schools. Um, there might be a Glenville Ohio state pipeline reopening here very soon. Um, just based on some things I've seen and heard from both sides in that program. So yeah, look out for some of that stuff. That sounds like something we should talk about on a future episode of Buckeye Talk. But you may have to talk about it with Doug if uh, <laughs> if my little buddy here comes on schedule. So it's we'll see how that goes. This pod, honestly, <laughs> it's it's really not a minute by minute thing. Where things uh, are pretty calm here, people are probably already sick of me talking about it on the pod because it's been you know it's nine months, nine months. We're actually it's ten. We're coming up on forty full weeks. So, um, so. Pretty soon will be the last time I'll be signing off. But until then, for Stephen Means, I'm Nathan Baird, and that was Buckeye Talk.